This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Hi, everyone. Um, it's a very, very long and very emotional uh, podcast chat today. Um, obviously, coming out of the Sarah Everard case, we're talking about how to how young women and women, old women, 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 women deal with sexual harassment on a low level, high level, medium level, almost every conceivable level of life. Um, and how do we... And this is you know, about the women. Yeah. Don't... Really, 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 if you just think that by women talking about this is somehow tarring all men with a brush, the same brush, then then please stick through this podcast mm. because we want to change your mind. Mm. The good men, they're parked. Mm. Everything we're saying, this isn't about the good men. No. But the good men have to play a part now mm. in... in in fixing this in some way. Absolutely. And we all need to play a part in it. This is this was a very grueling podcast. This is the hard one of the hardest ones we've done because we listen in this one um, to both to two of our girls, Izzy and Maddie, mm. this week, and it breaks my heart and it breaks my heart so much because it doesn't even shock me. You see nothing shocks me. Why are we not shocked by anything? Why are we numb to everything? Because we just don't we just we just lost our way so much with what is okay and what's not okay because the way society treats us, the way the police force treats us, the way the courts treats us, we don't say anything anymore. Mm. We don't report anything anymore. Mm. And a really cautionary line of advice when listening to this from a father of daughters, half of what I hear I was unaware of the extent to which my girls had gone through it until hearing it or certainly seeing it in recent weeks on their social media. And that is a reminder of how much even my daughters just tolerate what's going on in their lives and don't even share it with a man who will listen mm. and will try and do something to help. Mm. That's well, heartbreaking. Because it's the hopelessness. That's heartbreaking. That's, what yeah. that's the saddest thing here. Mm. We've lost hope and we have to try and see some light somewhere. I don't know if we do in this podcast, but mm. definitely a warning before you listen to it. It could trigger people that have gone through difficult situations themselves. So I would very much like to put a warning on it. Good morning. Those are the pattering, pittery, pattering feet of our dog, Toffee. We had to give up and just yeah. start because she's pattering like a crazy person. There's no clean sound in this house <laughs> ever. And we're still recording from home because we are now officially over a year in lockdown. Oh, my God. Uh, over a year two days yeah. ago, wasn't it? 16th yeah. of March, uh, essentially, when Matt Hancock went into the House of Commons and announced it. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, you know... Because we're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in the last year, it's been a curious year in many, many, many ways, obviously. Um, but I think it's easy to forget that within the midst of it all, the terrible travesty of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter yeah. blew up, and we seem to be, let's fingers crossed, hoping, hopefully ending 
you know, this crisis in terms of coming out of this crisis to sort of some relative normality with another tragedy, uh, which was the death of Sarah, the murder of Sarah Everard, uh, which happened, obviously, was confirmed last week. Um, And so we thought it made sense to have this conversation now because the Sarah Everard case has kicked up an enormous amount of feelings and emotions um, and memories memories around something almost unrelated, in a sense, to her her murder. Because the one thing I want to stress from the outset is the conditions in which Sarah Everard died are very unusual, you know, by a police officer, it seems. Um, And yet, when I say that, I can't remember the name of the Labour MP who was on television last night saying, can we stop saying that? Yeah, Jess, I forget her name. But apparently the statistic is a woman dies every three days. I know. So it's not as rare as you think. More often than not, by people they know. what we're talking about is somebody to be snatched off the road. Absolutely, and by the police. By police, because the one thing we don't want to do is within this conversation is scaremonger and you know as I mean we talked about this on our How to Stay Married So Far podcast earlier in the week and it just felt so right that we also did it in a Mm. different way here on Confessions Mm. for Modern Parent because it's been a really really difficult week for Everybody in different ways, hasn't it? And we've had some really difficult conversations with our girls. But for international listeners, anyone who's not in the UK, you may be wondering why this conversation is happening at all. And that is because the Sarah Everard case, which in and of itself, uh, you know, allegedly murdered by uh, a policeman, has kicked up a debate about low-level and high-level everyday sexual harassment and attitudes from between men and women. Um, and how safe women feel on on the streets and the self-imposed curfews that women engage in on a daily, Mm. minute-by-minute basis. And so it's become a really, really important topic in the UK, although it has also in Australia. I don't know if it's necessarily attached Mm. to this. Mm. You know, this is a universal problem, but there's a spike of attention Attention. in it in the UK. I just wanted to stress that for anyone who's not from the UK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And as parents... It's just such a difficult conversation to yeah. have, isn't it? Because as we said, as I said a few days ago in our in our How to Stay Married podcast, I do feel a bit hopeless at the moment. I do, I do. Yeah. And and I, I want to shift that in me because I want to believe that there is a possibility of change. Both both by uh, through our politicians and what they show us that they or what actions that they take. Yeah. Um, but also, as a society, that we move towards without crazy, divisive, angry behaviour. Absolutely. To having the right conversations. Yeah. I mean, it really has depressed me this week, the way even this topic has caused division. Yeah. People have come out very angry on the Absolutely. side, feeling that men have been attacked. And, and I just wonder how confusing it is for young people. And I know we have a lot of young listeners on this as well, how confusing this yeah, week has been. Yeah. And also, I mean, given that this Confessions of Modern Parents is interesting because uh, we have my eldest daughter, uh, Izzy, uh, contributes in this chat, as does Maddie. Um, you know, Maddie 18, Izzy 27. And, you know, we're looking, we're looking at... Oh, she's 26. Maybe I've just added a year to you, Izzy, sorry. <laughs> um, you know... And in so doing, 
we are we are in, in essence sort of looking at this topic through the lens of being parents. But when I asked Izzy about, or, and also could you sort of think about what parents can do? The problem is for women, parent or child, parent or young woman, you know, the dilemmas that we, we're faced as parents really amount to two very different things because it really does divide along gender. If your parents are boys, you've got a very different challenge in terms of gender politics mm. and how women are mm. treated. And if your parents are girls, you've got a very different problem mm. in terms of equipping them with a way to go into the world uh, because we're not going to be able to talk to their friends. <laughs> we're not no. going to be able to talk to boys their age or, sadly, as we're going to discover, which makes me sort of madder in, than, than anything else, really, or men my age who oh. will make comments or pass comments about our girls. Well, it's been interesting the, the different emotions that we've had yeah. due to gender over the week. I mean, you were just absolutely horrified by what Izzy oh my had God. posted on Instagram, the catalogue of events. Yeah. And I wasn't the least bit shocked. I was yes, just, yeah, I kept it, sort of saying to you, have you seen And this <laughs> is what frightens me about yeah. this whole thing. We are, so many women are numb. Mm. You know, we do. You can sit on a night out and you can be chatting and drinking and, you know, these stories will come up that have, you know, happened to us. And everybody just chats about it, you know, and passes on. It has become, I'm sorry to say, so normalised. Yeah. And I think I've come out of all kinds of levels of shock of that. I'm coming out of a shock. Mm. I've just accepted all of this. Nobody I know, and almost everybody I know, has had some sort of sexual assault. Nobody I know has ever reported it. Yeah. Yeah, which makes a mockery of this idea when, yeah. when people often say, oh, yeah, but the crime rates, sexual harassment and yeah. rape rates are going it down. It means important. nothing. It means when nothing. When I see those me. statistics, it means nothing. Nothing to me. Because it, you're right, it actually means... And we've had our own first-hand experience of trying to report uh, essentially an indecent exposure local to us. Uh, and we were... We witnessed with our own eyes. We witnessed eyes. with our own eyes. We know what was happening. Four of us. Yeah, all four of us. I tried to record it in an endeavour to get evidence and was told that the only person in the transaction that had, had occurred that could be arrested was me. <laughs> Because, for yeah. trying to get evidence to prove that someone who was essentially exposing themselves to the public and to our children, uh, you know, to prove that it was happening. And they made more effort to say that, the police, than they did to actually do anything or suggest anything yeah. as to how we could resolve the yeah. problem with the person. Yeah, and we all saw it, and yet there was a kind of disbelief when we were telling... I yeah. didn't think they believed us. No, I don't either. Even though I walked in with a camera... It's saying I've just filmed it. For, so, yeah, anyway, I mean, that. I just want to start with lots of really moving, meaningful, heartfelt comments on uh, your Instagram nads come through. But I just want to start with this one from uh, Vix, who hasn't requested to be anonymous. Quite a few people have. And I just want to read this out as a kind of uh, a sort of starter, if you like. Uh, Vix says, it's the fear of the unknown with each and every male encounter. You smile to gauge. If they smile back, they will be okay. But if they don't, you want to run. But if they smile too much, you're also scared oh as hell. God. So you don't look up, but then you don't know what the potential attacker looks like. It's just all-consuming, isn't it? But oh, as a mum to yeah. three boys, right from as early as possible, I try to teach them 
to stand aside, make the first move that you're willing to do with what they feel comfortable. So standing with enough space to pass, say hello, smile, just generally try not to make anyone feel threatened. What a sad world we live in. I thought oh that description... God, that so brilliantly yeah. articulates how it is. Yeah. Keep your head down, keep your eyes down. You know, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I think... You know, we've talked a lot about white privilege over the last year. And I think, you know, I think what struck me as a father is is male privilege. And a, just a small example of that is, you know, for my mental health, I've just on a couple of occasions in lockdown, well, several occasions in lockdown where I haven't had the time due to work in the day to kind of get out, get exercise, whatever. I've just always automatically thought to myself, oh, do you know what? I'll pop out in the evening. I'll just go for a walk around the block <laughs> at evening. night. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I've vlogged it. I've wandered. I've just chatted. I've pointed <sighs> things out. I've not even a regard. I've walked oh, down alleyways and I've I just thought, look how beautiful this alleyway is. I not- would walk with my heart pounding no. with the sweat. I would have to have somebody on the phone. Yeah. I mean, that's just normal. We're yeah. numb to it. So this idea of male privilege, because something I've, I've noticed a lot across, not just our social media, but in the press, mm. is this constant sort of need amongst some people to say, not all boys or all men are the problem. We and know. we know that. We know that. We just not, don't know which ones are. No, exactly. And, you know, I think Davina McCall went online saying something along the lines of, let's not forget men's mental health. We also know about men's mental health. But right now, it isn't the topic being debated. And so as parents, I think we are really presented with a really tricky scenario. How can we not scare our kids any more than they're... Or our girls, let's be specific. How can we not scare our girls any more than they're already learning to be scared? I mean, there's, there's this idea We've that... We've had to teach them to be scared. And yes. it's like walking that, that very fine line of... Of, of of being street smart, yeah, and yet still having some belief in the human condition and how incredible it can be. Absolutely, I just, I, I I don't know if we've pulled it off. No, I don't either. I really don't know if we have. Well, I think I think we should immediately hear from the girls. Um, I asked Izzy and Maddie as a first question: what What is it, and has it actually been like for them and other young women that they know when it comes to sexual harass, harassment from men, uh, and in what ways they've experienced it? So, this is Izzy, who's uh, recorded a message for us. What has it been like? Well, I think, as I kind of said in my list on Instagram. I would say that, like, it pretty much started probably slightly, like, pre-pubescent slash pubescent young schoolgirl on the way to school with, um, yeah, definitely a lot of, like, street-based harassment. That was, like, definitely the start of it. Um, and these, this wasn't really coming from boys my own age. It was coming from, from me, the age of, probably about 13, 14, walking to and from school um, in a school uniform. And it would be men in vans or men in cars. And, you know, I I know I don't want to kind of completely um, stereotype here, but, you know, builders or scaffolders or something like that, you know. But, I mean, it probably could have been anyone. But I think that, like, maybe the idea that, there's a kind of group mentality like when guys are in a group and they say something and then there's people to laugh at it wouldn't be like a single person necessarily I don't know um 
and the things that would be said. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, probably a real range, but definitely highly sexualized, you know, wolf whistling, all of that kind of thing to do with. But, you know, like, it would make me feel very aware of, um, you know, what I was wearing, like, skirts-wise or how I was walking, um, very aware of that kind of thing. I mean, moving to, like, more nuanced stuff as you get older in workplaces, I mean, like, I didn't list this, but in my first professional experience in um my art practice I was on a film set um, I was meant to be the director and the person my mentor um or co-mentor uh, said to me when I was left alone like my cast went away and it was just me and then t- uh, two so we had a cameraman a DOP and then my mentor and he was like three guys one girl what are you gonna do about that then hey and I didn't I, it, I, mean, I mean, it made me feel really uncomfortable. It made me feel really weird around him. But I didn't, I think I'd been so, I really didn't think it was like any kind of sexual harassment or that wasn't anything kind of a problem. It actually took me saying that to a male friend of mine who was kind of outraged on my behalf that then I actually reported it. And the, the kind of reporting itself was really difficult. I had to go through a you know, my other mentor, who's a woman, who was his friend, who kind of kind of almost played it down herself and then post that kind of addressed me and was like, I'm sorry, I, I do believe you. I do. I, I'm really sorry that this happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, like, it's that feels like kind of small fry compared to when I worked in construction as well. I mean, this is just like, you know, these are like public spaces in, in the realms of like, I'm there to work. I'm not there to be chatted up. I'm not there to be made to feel uncomfortable. Like everybody deserves the right to feel feel comfortable within their work environment. Um, I mean, I'm skipping out working in bars because I mean, drunken men <laughs> probably the worst for, you know, I mean, like I'd have a constant deluge of like people commenting on my boobs, um, asking me out, giving me their number. Um, I had one incident where I worked in a pub and guys were like asking me to touch them how I was touching the pump for the beer and I uh, got my manager to kick them out and then one of them waited for me by the back door for when I left and my manager had to walk me to the bus stop, wait with me. It's just kind of intimidation tactics, I suppose. Um but it, it, yeah, it does layer this, it layers you with like a kind of, I don't know, like a thicker skin to the point that you're like, you don't expect any better from that. You don't expect any better in these environments. You don't, your expectations are so low that you, I mean, you barely even think to report any of them. I mean, in the construction industry, it's like, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to attract any kind of extra attention than I possibly could. I, I stopped wearing any kind of makeup. I mean, like one time I was working in like really, you know, in the heat wave and it was sweltering heat. I didn't want to, uh, all the men on site were wearing vests and shorts and I was in like a, you know, my t-shirt, a high-vis and thick 
like, you know, workman's trousers and boots. I was like so boiling. Um, but I didn't want to take anything off with running the risk of anyone looking at me more, saying any more. Um, and it kind of, yeah, made me feel like I, I couldn't be fully myself. Like I had to be, I have to act or be a different way in public than I am with myself. Or like every time I exit the house or go into a workplace or those kinds of environments, I stop being a human and I start being a woman, you know? Stop being a human and just be, be a Become woman. a woman, yeah. Wow. Hmm. And you sort of, it was interesting, it was sort of, did you notice the way as, as bless you, Izzy, she was listing from being a schoolgirl through to now, the types of men you can hear are invariably men of my age or a bit younger. They're grown men. These are mm. grown men. We're not talking, you know, it's like teenage boys. You know, obviously there is a problem with teenage. It must start somewhere, this this idea and this sort of attitude. And we know firsthand. Well, through, those through all men have sons. Exactly, exactly. Men have sons yeah. in the So what kind of value right? system are they going to be sharing? Yeah, but um, I, what really struck, well, all of it struck me, but what really struck me is, is, is what I'm toying with what I'm trying to work out for myself at the moment and how, and I'm also trying to think of how I can navigate our girls that are obviously younger than Izzy away from the layers Izzy said the layers yeah. that create the numbness the acceptance the almost war weariness yes. of what it is to be a woman in this world okay yeah. that happened again oh okay you know and it it I, I hear you, Izzy. I mean, yeah. it, again, it, it, none of it surprises me or shocks me. Yes, it saddens me because it's our Izzy and you don't want it to have happened. But unfortunately, it has become part of being a woman or always has been. Like, you know, like yeah. I keep saying, I don't understand hashtag reclaim the streets because I was never aware we had them. Yeah. I've always, from a small, small kid, been aware that, I am powerless in many situations where there are men. Should be claim the streets. I mean, we just get taken off the street, street coming out of school, grabs taken into the flats. Somebody would squeeze your boobs, somebody else would get hold of your skirt, and that was just, you just take that there was a day that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It just just became normalised. And a lot of women, for men, it will be confusing. They'll almost joke about it. And then men will be like, how can you joke about this? We live it. What else can we do? Sometimes we joke it away because it is too impossible to deal with, actually. I also really felt for Izzy there because did you notice how she felt very hesitant? Because we're in this sort of cancel culture where you can't stereotype and you can't characterise people in groups or anything like that. And I get why that can't happen in many regards, obviously. But as she was saying the thing around scaffolders, vans, white van drivers and construction, she was very sort of sensitive around going there. And I understand why, because no one likes to say that any one group is all one thing. And I recognise that that's the case. But I do want to ask a broader question. Why is it that vast numbers of men in vans do that? I think what it is, is when you're young, when you're that age that Izzy was talking about, that's what you're coming across. But I mean, some of the very worst attention that I've had are also from Hooray Henrys. Yeah. They're just like, I think it was Izzy that 
that once said, actually, we were talking about TOWIE and uh, Made, Made in Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, isn't it interesting how they both treat, in both programmes, they treat women, some of the men treat women yeah. in exactly the same way, but in a different way because they come from different backgrounds. But the oh, no, 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 I get that it happens across demeaning. all. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But in a public sphere, I mean, you know, the amount of times I remember my mum when she was a young woman and I, you know, and I was her son, it would only be when we walked past buildings. It's a classic. It's a classic stereotype. You know, you walk past a building site and there will be wolf whistles, catcalls, you know and little comments. what it's like for the builders that aren't like No, no, I agree. I, I agree. So sorry for the, it, ones, the good men. But I wonder whether And I think for a long time it seemed like it was okay. And it was a bit of a joke. Point. And it was a bit of... And, you know, maybe for a time it was because people didn't really understand that... That the low-level mm. stuff leads, can lead to the biggest stuff. But it's also the same as, as, as Izzy was describing about pubs. I mean, really, it's a leading question. It's wherever there are gatherings of men, it's very yeah. hard for individual men, obviously, and this is something that we need to be able to try and somehow teach that our sons and the boyfriends of our, girl, of our daughters and things like that, is that, you know, it's very hard as an individual man in a collective group of other men, and I suppose that the, the common thing here is, you know, there's these groups of men. It's very hard for that man or one man, I've been there, to swim against the current. It's very hard to know what one can do. I mean, in the past, I have had situations where in an, in a, you know, an attempt to knock a sort of, you know, sexist or disrespectful sensibility, say, from someone I'm working with, it might go away or disappear for that moment in front of you, but it simply goes around you and it simply happens when you're not there. So you might say to someone, look, I don't think that's that's mm. not right. You know, you're talking mm. about her and she's the same age as one of my daughters. Do you mind not doing mm. that? And I've said exactly those words many times. But when you say it, you're met with a silence. You're met as like, a, like you're a misery. Yeah, like you're a misery. Yeah. You've What's got no, you? so, no, you've got no fun. And also there's always the suggestion from other men, you don't really mean it. You don't really yeah, mean you're it. Trying to come across you're trying to come across as it. And that's the bit that I really hate because, you know, there's this inference that we're all really, the, the lowest common denominator connects us all as men. And that's one of the reasons. It's a terrible fact that I personally, as a father, I, I, I find I, I, I've struggled with other male companies. So I don't, you know, this idea that you can change from within isn't really true. It really isn't. And I've, I've heard cases of lots of men saying, you know, I've tried to, you know, people on our social media have come back to us and said, yeah, yeah, my husband, he tried to say something at work. He was then vilified. He was marginalised. He was bullied. He was caricatured. That's why it's so important that we start this conversation yeah. with boys when they're, when they're really, really young, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought for Izzy as well when she was talking about being so hot at work. Yeah. And not having the freedom yeah. to take her top off and have a vest on because yeah. then she's going to be, yeah. well, she's, what, what, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Yeah. Oh, is this her, like, up for it? Is she yeah. looking for something? I mean, you, God almighty. Well, an interesting, she, you know, Izzy herself used the example there. You've got the kind of, you've got the on the street level of in a van and on a, on a building site, perhaps. But then you've also got, as she, she just said, let's not forget, you know, the really snide, nasty comment from a co-director on a shoot. A mentor. A mentor. How do you feel now with yeah. three men? What the I fuck mean, are my you suggesting? God. Awful. And it's like that. And in many regards, you, I suppose in a weird way, you can say that a wolf, you can say that a wolf whistle or a shout across the street is quite so overt, you know what your stance is on it. And what's really insidious about that kind of workplace comment is it. You don't. You're not even aware it's happened until after it's happened. Yeah. I, I'd imagine. And it was yeah. like when she shared it with someone. Well, she said else. she felt really yeah. uncomfortable. It's like I say to our girls all the time: if your gut 
is telling you something. Mm. If you feel something, don't let anyone tell you that whatever was done was nothing. No. Because that person will have known there's an electricity that goes on. Yeah. And if somebody is threatening you or intimidating you, even in the slightest way, they'll know damn well that they're doing it. And it's all right for you to say, I do think that Izzy was incredibly brave to report that that was such a tiny thing in a lot of people's minds, like the girl she reported to, who was the friend who said, well, it's kind of nothing. You know, people will say, well, that's not how he said it. Well, what, 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 did he do anything? Well, did he, and and that's, that's why I am coming more and more to the belief now we should start reporting everything. Yeah. Overwhelm the police with it. You think figures have dropped? Do you tell you what? You don't know anything. This is constant. This is day in, day out for women in almost any situation you mm. can think of. This can happen. I mean, you hear, I hear of it. Girl, but oh, yeah. then what are you going to do? There's three, you're in a room with three men. I know, it's outrageous. I mean, it's outrageous. outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And there is often that, you, you often hear of that contingent where another woman will defend the actions of a man that mm. they're friends with simply because they don't, do you know what I mean? They, they, they'll prioritise so the male said, oh, come privilege. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be mean. Listen, I was standing in a room with three men. I'm a young girl. I felt intimidated when Precisely. somebody said, three, how do you feel about three men? What, what else is he saying? Exactly. What is he saying? Exactly. He's not going to say, we're going to make you a nice picnic. <laughs> we're going to make a nice afternoon tea and all sit around and enjoy it together, is he? No. Oh, I'm furious. Yeah, so am I. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. Um, so we're just going to have a little flick through some more comments. We had such a huge mm. number of people so responding, you, yeah, responding really to this. Um, I'm going to err on the side of, of keeping these anonymous, even where sometimes it's, it, you maybe haven't wanted it to be, just to be safe. Uh, someone here says, I was in a taxi and was groped by a man when I was only 19, him being 40-odd. <sighs> anonymous needs to be taught um, what's right and what's wrong. Been there myself. I presume you're talking about boys and, mm. and uh, men. Um, Sarah, I've spoken to my sons about being followed aged 18 and how scared I was, never told before. Um, I think that's really important that yeah. women, mothers, sisters, aunts, grandmothers mm. share with any boys in their families what they've gone through. Because I think that personal continuum, because I remember vividly as a boy processing what I saw was going on with my mother in the street. Well, not just in the street, but in a flat as well from men towards her. And it is that thing of needing to have, in a sense your own skin in the game. Do you know what I mean? Of a woman that you're close to that will potentially snag your empathy. Listen, there's no way you're going to magically know what it feels like Mm. to feel intimidated by a man walking behind you, unless you are told that. Because if you're not having toxic thoughts, if you're a good person, you're not going to imagine that the woman in front of you is terrified that you might grab her and rape her, of course you're not. It wouldn't enter your head because no. you don't think like that. So it's up to mothers, aunties, sisters, daughters yes. to, to say, listen, you won't know this, yeah. but this is what actually my thought process is. 
when when I'm walking down the street and a man walks towards me or walks up behind me or I hear running footsteps. Exactly. This is what goes on for me. You wouldn't know this. Exactly. But I'm just telling you that so that you're so that you've got that information because I, I know you wouldn't want to frighten somebody. Yeah. And that's what that's what you need to say. I mean, I Why think, do people just get offended with that? Yeah. Well, what is there to be offended what by? What is there to be offended? Yeah. We're not saying that you're the problem. No. We're saying to you how not to be not to we, add to a, a societal you, problem. Yeah. Someone, again, anonymous, even last Sunday, I went on a morning walk to my beach five minutes from me and a guy got in my face. I told him to get lost. It felt so normalised despite the Sarah story the same week. Um, Someone else here ran home twice this week after being followed by males in a car when out dog walking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this. Went for a jab, but the GP slapped my bum and pulled my knickers down and said, don't be shy, girl. I was 15. It's really important to know that this is about more than just street stuff because I think we've 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 kind of talked about that sort of. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, someone here says, and this 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 sort of really touched me. I've never questioned it before. It's always just been a normal part of being a woman. Exactly. That's where I'm at. Mm. I want to undo that. I want to undo. I want to somehow unnumb myself. Yeah. Maybe we numb ourselves because the pain is actually quite difficult to yeah. do. So this one's anonymous, but it's quite long, and I just want to share it. I was on a bus on my home, way home from work. It was busy, so a lot of people standing up. This guy gets on and comes and stands directly behind me, so close I can feel his breath on me. Then as the bus gets full, he decides to start rubbing against my backside. I felt sick. Every time I moved, he moved too. I got off the bus and he followed. I lived alone, so waited in a corner shop for 20 minutes to be sure he had gone. I was 19, traumatising. I hate buses now, never use them, even with so many people. No one said anything, and I was scared. Well, I saw something like that happen on a bus, and we we pulled the emergency call, called scream, well, I don't know if there's an emergency, we, we screamed at the guy, rang the bell, stopped the bus, screamed at the bus driver who wasn't going to stop the bus, screamed at him to call the police. And at the point that the police was called, we then all three, four of us manhandled this disgusting man off a bus who'd exposed himself and tried to grope a woman. I mean, I do feel, you know, that we have as a civic responsibility, when we see someone in trouble, we have a responsibility en masse to do something. But it's very, very scary because these are very scary times where people carry knives and people... I can understand why it's it's too frightening to do it. I can understand it. Um, someone else here says it's not always a stranger. It can be a close friend. Nothing prepares you for that. No, oh, don't. Time. You're absolutely right. And along those lines, someone else here says, my best friend's dad used to grope my boobs when I was 13 years old and I couldn't tell my parents I'm 50 years now crying emoji this stuff runs deep and so i think an important reminder there that it's not just strangers in the street it's not just people passing by it's not about reclaiming the streets it's about claiming your lives Mm -hmm. it's about claiming your safety because i think you know by keeping it streetwise we we ignore the fact that it's the workplace it's the home it's it's social situations you know the nightclub and clubbing one of the things is he mentioned was you know this idea that in a nightclub, a friend of hers or someone would be rubbed up against or someone would grope them in a, in a nightclub. And even if you wanted to object, the rest of the group would say, no, please don't, because yeah. it's going to end up in a huge yeah. fight. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And I remember exactly. being, I've many times been in groups where when you're with women, you know, a sense of imminent violence erupts yeah. around other men and yeah. their attitude yeah. to the women in Horrible. your group. It's Horrible. really, really I can tricky. remember that. I can really identify with that, is it? Because I remember as a young 
woman not wanting to say if something had happened because I didn't want there to be a fight. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is, we what, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Okay, we're going to quickly hear from, um, well, not quickly, we're going to hear from Maddie. So let's listen to Maddie's first comment. Okay, so um, with experiencing harassment from men, yeah. Um, so I don't know personally a single girl you know, that I'm friends with, um, that hasn't been sexually assaulted, harassed, catcalled or raped. Um, They've all had at least one or two of those things uh, happen to them. Um, And which I think is a really disgusting thing. And I find it really scary that that's just seen as normal. Like, it's not surprising when you hear a girl in her lifetime has been at least sexually assaulted or harassed once. And I think even to be, even to experience being sexually harassed or assaulted once in your life is horrible. I don't think people realize how much just one incident can affect you for the rest of your life. Um, you're so, I mean, personally, I've experienced a lot of horrible stuff from men. Um, and Actually, the the most I've ever received it was um, last year in summer. So kind of coming out of lockdown and everything. And I, I was actually worried about that when lockdown was ending. I remember all us girls talking to each other and being like, oh, my God, like how many weirdos are going to be in the street, you know, because there's nobody been outside and now all these people are going to be coming out and they're going to be on the prowl, you know. Um, yeah, so I received a lot of it in summer last year because... If I, I mean, I would go out and it, I'd just be wearing, I don't know, trousers and then a crop top and I would get, like, catcalled or, yeah, just really, really horrible stuff. And just catcalling can really shake you up. Um, you know, that I mean, this is quite... Uh, this is one of the most horrible, like, catcalling situations I've been in, but I was at the bus stop right outside the house uh, in summer... And I was just wearing, like, I think there were these low-waisted trousers and a tank top. Um, and I was just waiting at the bus stop, and then this van went past, and they kind of slowed down as they went past me. As soon as they slowed down, I was like, oh, I know what this is going to be about. And it was, like, full of, I don't know, there was about five men in there, and they all just leaned out the window, and one of them just goes, oh, you could get it from all of us at once, and then just kind of drove off uh, laughing. But that affected me, not just for that day, but for quite a few weeks and even now I'm a bit like that was really horrible and you know I've spoken to loads of my girlfriends about it and what I find the most disgusting thing about all of this is that the girl is always the one that ends up feeling really embarrassed throughout the day and you're always like oh my god loads of those strangers would have seen that happen and they're gonna think I was really like stupid looking when that guy shouted that at me when it should be the other way around you know I think the the man who has done it should feel deeply embarrassed and ashamed of what he's done but you know that's never the case they go on living their day like living their best life and they've gone and affected a girl for probably you know the rest of her life um so yeah I mean I've experienced a lot of stuff and some really horrible stuff that I, I don't even need to talk about you just need to know it wasn't very nice and you know I always feel like I have to kind of schedule um, my social life around when is safe for me to go out and come home. And I always feel like as women, we have to plan 
the whole thing. You know, it's very easy for boys to kind of be like, uh, oh, yeah, let's all meet at the common at, like, eight in the evening and then we can just all, like, head home whenever we want. But as girls, it's like, okay, um, but can I come back to your house or could you come back with me to get home? And Or can it not be when it's dark and all of this, you know? And we always feel like we have to go into detail of our day a lot more um, than boys have to. And I always... I mean, I still do it because, especially now, because I feel like I have... You know, I have really good guy friends and my friendship group are mainly guys. Um, and I feel comfortable with them enough to just be like, you know, walk, walk me home. Like, I don't feel safe. And a lot of the time they'll offer or they'll just do it. Um, but I used to always feel really embarrassed to ask if a guy could walk me home just because you kind of feel like you're holding them up. Like, they could just go straight home and then you're kind of just... I don't know, bothering them by asking them to take you back, which shouldn't be the case at all, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think I think people underestimate how... Like, a lot of people, although this is also awful, a lot of people think that being assaulted and touched, you know, um, by men is... I mean, it is horrible, but people tend to think that that's horrible and then being catcalled isn't that bad. But I think being catcalled can be really soul destroying sometimes um and you just feel really icky after I mean I've been touched inappropriately by men before I've had and it's it's almost always been a quite old men you know no offense for like 50s <laughs> 40s 50s that's old in my opinion they're old enough to you know be my dad and that's that's wrong um and yeah, I just I just feel like as a woman, I'm unsafe most of the time. I rarely feel safe outside. Um, and I yeah, I just think that that's disgusting, really. And I don't think men are ever going to understand it, but they just need to get past the fact that they won't be able to understand it and they just need to act upon it, you know. Um, men are never going to fully know how it feels to be a woman. Um but that doesn't mean they can't do anything about this. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Ah. Why is there, can I just ask, why is there, listener, why is there, within female quarters and some male quarters, this sort of societal tolerance or acceptance or expectation that on some level men just can't really help control themselves, themselves or help so themselves. It's not unfair on the majority of men. It's not, not only not unfair animals. on the... No, not animals. And yet, at the same time, when she was describing there, Maddie, this no. idea of last summer coming out of lockdown, I have exactly the same well, I had, fears. I had terror of it. I had absolutely. Well, I've got it again it. now as we're about to come out of it. it. It's just, I mean, I found that very difficult to listen to. Is it literally like I, unleashing sort of stray dogs? Again, you know, nothing surprises me or shocks me, but... You know, to hear our daughters talking like this is... And, you know, you know what breaks my heart? Each time she told of something, and she's just telling the simplest of things that have happened to her because, you know, all the other stuff, you know, it must be her stuff. But every time she said, I was wearing mm. the such-and-such such trousers, yeah. I had a crop top on, I had... Oh, my God, that's our daughter, totally programmed. Mm that she must explain what she was wearing. No. It's astonishing. No, it's so no, depressing. no, 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 no. And I will have a conversation about that. And that's, remembering this is a podcast about parenting. This is the problem that we have, isn't it? We will say to our children, I know lots of mums and dads will be agreeing with this and carers, 
you know, just, well, you know, we've talked, done other podcasts on this. Well, just when you're going out, just, just put something over you because you look so gorgeous and I wouldn't want you to change, but only when you're with your friends and mm. people that you trust because the world out there is awful mm. and you could get people giving you attention because they are awful, not because of what you were wearing. But yeah. It's a very difficult message to get across to a child because there's our daughter feeling she needs to explain what she was wearing at the same time telling that a van pulled up with five men in it and said what they I mean just show me those men that's mm. what I would just let me in a room with those men I mean yeah no it, 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 it makes you speechless if you're listening and you are a woman and you know a man a brother an uncle a father a grandfather who has never taken any interest in this and you know perhaps shares those sort of thoughts i think and and if you're a man who knows someone who's like that you have to challenge people we have to challenge people you have to challenge people from within your families it's almost the safest place to challenge people from because it's within your family as long as it's a safe situation as long as it's a safe situation i mean interestingly I was just reading a moment ago, the head of, I think, Magdalene College, a private school, the head teacher, headmistress, I think it's a boys' school, her recommendation to all the boys is to go home and ask every single female member of their families what they've gone through. Yeah. And I think this is at the lowest level, in a sense, because then we have to get to higher, more social, more governmental, more, more educational levels of kind of learning, teaching, and, and tolerance understanding. But at the simplest level... Everyone, every male has a duty and a responsibility to ask and not answer back, not justify, nor explain not male behaviour. probably this. Or not dismiss this it, exactly. Not or dismiss it, underplay it, minimize it. Was it. Absolutely. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. We don't need these questions. Sit and listen. Yeah. No one listens enough in today's Five culture. grown men pull up to a teenager and say that. That's the only thing we need to know. I don't care if exactly. she's standing there in a bloody bikini. Yeah, and as, as I think Maddie very articulately said then, um, you know, what is nothing, a throwaway comment to the men who've said yeah. it, who go on about their life, even if it's not physical, this can change the dynamic of a poor woman girl, or girl's you've sense of self. our daughter's very being. Yeah. And you, as she says, you just go on and you live your best life. And maybe you aren't those bad people. Maybe for you it was just a joke. Maybe there's no mm. way you would ever do anything physically abusive or sexually assault a woman anyway. But let me tell you, you did sexually assault yeah. that girl. You did by mm. what you said. Mm. And you just went off and you just lived your life and you went home to your wife and you kissed your kids and you did da, da, da And you did that. Mm. No, I agree. Oh, my God, I'm steaming. I don't feel well after this chat. I know. I'm telling you. Let's just look at a few more comments from people on, on Instagram. Uh, anonymous, heckled on nights out, friends grabbed in nightclubs when just dancing. Um, a friend of mine was told she looked like a prostitute when she wore red lipstick at work. God. At work. Well, anywhere. I mean, you Where know, no, I know. I mean, I, of course, yeah, that's not my point. But see, this is my point. It's like you're working amongst work colleagues. Um, someone else says, our daughter is stunning and started uni. She's going through hell. We want to take her home because she's stunning at university. Uh, I'm 25 and I've been harassed since I was 14, walking home in my uniform. It sucks. Uh, so when I was at uh, high school, boys used to grab our bra straps and let go so they smack your skin. I hated it. 
I hated that. Oh, my dad always ingrained in me from a young age to always carry a pencil for protection. That's actually quite an important one, that one about the brass strap, because Mm. I remember laughing about that, even though I didn't find it funny when I was a girl. Right. And actually, maybe as parents to young girls, you say, if a boy does that, you go and complain to the teacher. Because that boy thinks, oh, it's just funny, and everybody laughs, and he doesn't know that that girl then has got a red face of embarrassment and shame as she walks back to the class, and maybe all afternoon. It's it's kind of what Maddie was saying. Mm. You carried on living your best life. You ran around the playground. And at that point, you probably were innocent, and you Mm. didn't know the impact. And that's the point you catch them, and you tell them. Mm. Uh, someone here says well one of our followers here says I'm not I'm keeping you anonymous um, assaulted in a petrol station by a stranger my partner who was with me shrugged it off forced into situations with partners when I didn't want to engage once held by my throat against a wall sexually harassed by a boss querying what I'd be like in bed to other colleagues just staggering I mean the number and they go on and they go on um, anonymous uh, it feels as though nothing is being done to tackle legal harassment. Vertical. An example of legal is catcalling. Can't be reported and yet is incredibly intimidating. That's echoing just, what, uh, what Maddie's so saying. Articulately. Yeah. Oh. Someone else here says, I don't want to go out alone even in the day as I get so much unwanted male attention. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Anonymous, because that, that is the point. Mm. That, you know, if people want to feel all cosy and comfortable and mm. think that, oh, your partner, your daughter, your, your niece, your auntie is fine as long as she imposes a curfew on herself in the hours of darkness, I've got terribly bad news for you. It don't work like that. Yeah. It can happen at eight. I've been on a tube at eight o'clock in the morning and having somebody at, in a pat tube and having someone totally, mm. totally pushing their, you Bits. know what, against me. Mm. And you're stuck and you're embarrassed. It's just, it's, I it's mean, no I do... cosy, safe time. No. It's like our daughter has just said, she never feels safe. No. And I do think that there is an, there's a real onus on the government to do something quite swiftly, because I think I worry as we come out well, of lockdown again... Bloody Patel. As we I come mean, out of lockdown what? again, we've got this similar pent-up sort of, you know, powder keg sense of things, like men are just some sort of moronic creatures that can't control their basest urges. It's so awful, it's because so, the majority of men are are not raging animals. It's so, so what are you going to do about the ones that are mm. so not all men are tired with the same brush? I agree. Well, the second question I asked the girls was, how has the Sarah Everard case affected you and other young women and what do you feel the solution is? What can change and what can be done about it? Uh, and this was Izzy's answer. How has Sarah Everard affected me? I mean, I think the thing is, is that The main thing with Sarah Everard was that I could really see myself in her. I could see all women that I know in her. I think just because, I think it was because I've kind of built up this thing of um, putting on armour, not, you know, slowly not dressing as out there as when I was a teenager, not wearing short things, not wearing revealing things, putting a hood, you know, like hiding my, or, you know, my curves or, like, hiding the way, like, walking a certain way, holding myself a certain way. And I'm like, no, I'd be okay because I know how to deal with my, you know, deal with it now. And the fact that she'd done all the things that me or my friends or, you know, I would advise to anyone or, you know, like, all the things that you would think in your own head on your way home would be good enough. She'd done all those things and 
and yet here we were. I mean, obviously, it's just the pain of seeing it plastered all over the news and, like, the kind of slow dread of, like, hearing she's missing and then me thinking, there's no way she's going to turn up nice and rosy somewhere. Like, this is not how this story ends, um, which in itself is, I don't know, like, I think it was just... It feels like the straw that's broken the camel's back, so to speak, just kind of like there was the case of the sisters who were like brutally murdered in a park last summer. Um, Both were women of colour. I don't know how well reported it was, um, but I mean, that really stuck with me that these women were just celebrating. It was like they were sisters. One was, you know, celebrating her birthday. And they were just in a park. They were just, you know, doing, you know, living their life. And it's just these, like, kind of, and it's always, like, this stabbing, like, this, you know, it just cuts through the pain of it, the trauma that it leaves behind, the the traumatic and aggressive aspects of these crimes. And it, kind of speaks of this like inherent anger from men towards women which I find so confusing like I don't know what women have done like and then when women are angry back at men for a hot minute they're like not all men not all men and it's like yeah why the hell (laughs) Where is this anger coming from that, like, you get when you're dumped by a woman or when you say, you know, you try and chat up someone and they say no or when you try and get their attention in the street and they don't, they blank you. Like, what is, where's that coming from? Why is that so horrible for you? Why can't you just take that on the chin? Like, I take it on the chin that you're invading my personal space on my, you know, attention, your invading my life I don't know like I feel like I'm not really explaining it very well but I think that from talking to some friends of mine the women it was overall I feel like everyone felt the same of like it's like this layer of she could have been us she she is us And then also this other layer, which kind of, again, was seen with the um, the women who were murdered in the park last year, where the police who were, you know, investigating were then taking pictures with their dead bodies and then sharing it. And then this case with Sarah Everard, a policeman, potentially, allegedly, is the perpetrator and like it just kind of screams there's no one there to protect you and even the people who could protect you won't or they'll you know disrespect you even in death and and then you look at things like rape convictions and you're like yeah like who who gives a shit about our well-being about our safety about our lives at the end of the day and this isn't just 
like, you know, it's not like we don't make up a really large proportion of the population of the world. It's like we are more just over half of the population. But like, I mean, I even heard on the radio this woman being interviewed ages ago now, but it's about how women are designed out of out of things like seatbelts so in a in a car accident women are more likely to die in a car accident because the seatbelt is manufactured to an average human but that is an average man's specifications not not an average woman there's no specification for an average woman because she's classed as an anomaly <laughs> iPhones are designed for men's hands as an average not women's hands like I mean like everything safety equipment like it's all based on men and then we're like this anomaly but we're not we're we are we make up half of the population of the whole world um anyway I digress but yeah sad sad times we live in still and you think we all feel like how are we still having these conversations how is it not got better yet very powerful stuff. Mm. Very powerful I mean, stuff. I mean, it just broke my heart when she said, you know, Sarah could have been any of us. She is us. I think that is absolutely sums up where everybody is. You know, yeah. it's just... You're thinking of our daughters. You're thinking of your daughters and your wife. You're thinking of all the women you know that are in that sort of danger all mm. the fucking time. Absolutely. And we are sick and tired of being sick and tired with it all. It's just... It just breaks my heart that, you know, our girls go into the same world that, you know, me and my friends and grew up in, you know, it's the same. Mm. We never owned the streets. We can't reclaim them. We've never owned them. We've never been safe on them. We've never been safe on them. Mm. I mean, people like to harp on about the old days. It's just people didn't talk about it. Mm. People talked about it less. Mm. And it wasn't picked up as much. You know, well, uh, we're kind of in that place again, and maybe are. poor, poor Sarah, God rest her soul. But maybe this was going to be her place in the world was to make a change. You know how tragic for her family and for you know just you know maybe this is a moment like you know we were so broken hearted. We still are about Madeleine McCann, aren't we? And when you think about how so many of us changed the way that we were after Madeleine McCann was, you know, you know, you, you would people would would leave their kids and go to the pool and do all of that, and then and then that would never happen. That would never, you know, I mean, I just completely changed my way of thinking about looking after the kids. But and I, I wonder if something can come out of this horrific tragedy and maybe what it has to be is that we don't shut up anymore. Well, that we do report what we think is too small to report or too big to report or too shameful to report yeah. or too embarrassing to report or whatever. We, we need to do that. And I think it's all right to get angry. I think we get we get to a place sometimes in society where everyone's, you know, there are so many already I keep hearing on various platforms po-faced people saying, well, it's not all men. Well, it happens oh, the so other way around. Well, how does this actually relate to the Sarah Everard case? This is actually a very extreme example, but is he beautifully articulated how Sarah Everard has become a sort of representation, a manifestation of 
the worst that can happen, even when you observe all of the limitations, the, rules, yeah, and the regulations. You put on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was very uh, poignant when, mm. when, when Izzy talked about that. That's what I do. I walk in the light. I wear a bright coloured mm. clothes. I'm on the I phone, phone to my, my boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh my God. Mm. It all happened. Mm. It happened, and I did all of that. And as parents bringing up girls, how do we make them ever feel safe? Well, I agree. And I, I, something else that I've had a bit of pushback myself, because whilst there's the catastrophic case of the cops that took the photographs of the bodies and the case that Matt, uh, Izzy was talking about there, there's also the current development of the story of a cop at the crime scene of Sarah Everard posting memes about from abduction to murder. If you, I want that story and I want the behaviour of the cops at these crime scenes. I want those stories to be given as much yeah. Publicity as the actual original crimes because they tell us more about the systemic, systemic institutional yeah. attitude yeah. and lack of seriousness afforded to issues that are affecting women. So I think get angry when vigils happen, despite there being coronavirus, rather than standing there being right about stuff, be kind about stuff. Understand where this is coming from rather than standing in judgment and, and saying, reporting. you know, oh, we need to start reporting. Yeah. Honest to God. Report everything. No, not as I, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, and I'm going to say again, again now, not one woman I know that's had things happen, not one of them has reported it. No. Um, we're now finally going to hear from Maddie in the same context as of to what, what she thinks Sarah Rod and what can be done. I think the whole Sarah case has affected girls because it's just kind of made us realise how much we've had to face and also at such a young age. Um, I'd say I've experienced enough sexual harassment, assault and all of that kind of stuff from men. Um, I've experienced a lot of it in a short amount of time. I mean, because I'm still quite young, I'm only 18. Um, and I've experienced the amount that some people probably still wouldn't have it experienced in their, like, 30s, you know? Um, and I think, like, the whole case has just kind of made us girls realise that how, you know, how wrong it is and how unsafe we do actually feel most of the time and how much embarrassment and shame and guilt we have to carry around when we shouldn't. Um, I think it's also scared a lot of girls. It's made us realise how scary it actually is out there. I think it's scared a lot of girls about kind of coming out of lockdown again because I know a lot, it wasn't just me, it was a lot of girls, girlfriends of mine that experienced a lot more harassment and assaults uh, during last summer because we kind of came out of lockdown. So I think girls are really scared of coming out of this one and it being the same or, you know, worse. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think what this case has done is it's brought up a lot of trauma that girls have kind of just, shoved away because you know we're kind of told that this is what it's like to be a woman we're kind of told in a nicer way to put up with it and this has just made us realize I think that actually no this isn't something that should be normalized you know this is wrong and I, I the thing is I don't actually know a way of fixing this um I think there's not really much else women can do this is uh this is you know, this is a job for the men now. I think we've done everything we can. We do everything that we can. Um, but this is where men need to just step up, step up to the plate and, yeah, um, 
just stick up for us as well. Do you know what I mean? I, I just think that... But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. I don't really know a solution and I don't know what parents can do to make it right because it kind of just seems so... Um, it just seems too far gone already and it kind of seems like, you know, how are we ever going to get out of this? And it's never something that's going to completely go away. There's always going to be this, unfortunately. But I, I know that there is a way of making it <laughs> um, not as bad. You know what I mean? There is a way of... Uh, yeah, making making life easier for women, but it's never going to be perfect. Um, but yeah, I I really don't know what the solution is, and I, I all I can really think of is just spreading awareness. Um, men and women actually, um, you know, speaking up and standing up to their friends that they know that have have acted in a in an inappropriate way. You know, I see a lot of boys kind of when they hang out in a group and one of them makes a nasty comment and they all... You can tell that some of them know what is being said is wrong, but it's that social anxiety kind of trying to fit in type thing and that type of thing boys have where they all have to act really boyish, whatever that means, um, and they don't say anything. And I think hopefully that all of this spreading awareness and everybody realising how messed up it actually is out there for women, I just hope it will make boys and men realise that this is up to them now to do something, at least something, do you know what I mean? Because for too long they've been doing nothing. And, you know, I I understand that the whole... Um, it's not all men. You know, it's not all men. Of course it's not, you know. Um, but the thing is, is as women, we don't know... Who are the who's the bad man and who's the good man? So we have to assume that every man, like stranger that we come across, is going to harm us. We can't trust every man that we see because that's when you put yourself in danger. And then what the good men have to do to prove that they are good men is to do something about it, stand up for women, um, spread awareness, uh, tell their guys, their guy friends to shut the fuck up and if they're being rude or if they're making comments or if they've assaulted a girl or if especially there's so many times where a boy rapes a girl and then all the boys in the group just kind of try and turn a blind eye to it because they don't want to deal with the situation but that makes them just I, this might be you know some people might not agree with what I say but I think the people that don't mention um what their friend is doing wrong if they don't bring that up to them if they don't mention it if they just pretend it's never happened then they are just as um, guilty as the person that did it. And I think, you know, this is just all down to men now. This isn't something where it's like, what can women do to make this better or to stop this from happening? No, there is nothing we can do. We've done and we're doing everything that we can. Um, and clearly from this error case all the stuff we've been told to do to avoid this happening doesn't work because she did everything right. She did everything that I've always been told to do if I feel unsafe or if I don't want to get in a situation like that. She did everything right, and that still happened to her. I think that's also why this case scared girls so much because it's like, oh, my God, but she did everything that I've been told to do so that I stay safe, and yet she's now dead, you know? And it just shows us that <laughs> this isn't a woman's problem this is a man's pro this is a man's problem now and they need to deal with it they need to figure it out 
Um, but yeah, uh, again, I, I don't know what a solution is, but I know that there is one and that men need to step up to the plate and figure it out. And um, with the parents, I don't really know what parents can do. And I, you know, I don't envy parents. I'm not looking forward to be one if I have a daughter and I have to face all these problems. And also, you know, it's that thing of girls always brought up being told to, you know, don't wear revealing clothes so a boy doesn't do this, don't do that so a boy doesn't do this, da 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 And it's never teach your sons not to do those things. Do you know what I mean? It should be tell your boy not to make a girl feel this way, da 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 um, rather than, oh, girls, this is what you do to that boy. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I, I, I think it's insane. Um, yeah, I think just boys need to start being taught what's the, you know, the right way to be. Um, and I also think that men have to be told how they make a woman feel safe. Uh, I think a lot of men are just, well, boys, not men. Men are grown. They should know what they're doing. Boys, a lot of boys simply don't know. I actually think it should be taught in schools how boys should treat women and how to make women feel safe because there's never... I, I This was never mentioned in school to me. Um, so, yeah. I was really impassioned, Maddie. That was really impassioned. And you know what? I love the way she's just been so brave to say, we don't know. Guess what? We can't fix this one. We've done everything men, we can. Men, well, women have done everything do? they can. What are you going to do? Exactly, exactly. I'm proud of her. I'm proud, I'm proud of, of proud her. I'm easy, easy. enormously proud of yeah. both of them because that was a very, very difficult and thing to record and to be able yeah. to articulate such a massive subject. Such an enormous subject yeah. and to be able to distill really it down, you, both girls. of you, thank you. But also, as a father listening to that, it makes my blood fucking boil. Mm. Men grow up, listen Think of words like compassion. Think of words like empathy. Don't Men get of, offended. No, don't get offended. And don't start, and this is the bit that I am going to go nuts on, no one listening to this start going on about the men that aren't like this. We know about what, them. Men's no, mental health. We, you know what? For the, we don't need to, to discuss that. No. We're talking about when it happens, how it happens, why it happens, when it happens. And it's happening too much. And I am really worried about coming out of lockdown. And I'm really worried by what Maddie said about coming out of it last summer and how that's going to manifest itself. Men, are we really animalistic to that sense? Are we just a hormonal bunch of, I don't know, stray dogs? Are we not more men, than that? How many men would listen to this? Are we not more know. than that? Are we not I more than that? I hope men listen to this. And for women who know men who are like that, I mean, it really is... I mean, the girls have summed it up perfectly. The onus is on educating young men from within families and from within schools and from within institutions. Very, very, very important that's in school and institutions because not everybody has a home where this can be no, taught. No, If you're being brought up by a father that does any of these things that we've heard today, what chance has that poor boy got no. of knowing what being a good and decent, kind and caring man is? No. And I'm afraid we do have to pick up the slack at school. No. We have to. We're a messed up society. Absolutely. Sorry, for me, it's just more CCTV That's, and more zero tolerance. I found that very grueling. I'm very yeah. exhausted by all of that. And I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that hasn't been... An easy listen. No.